0: For both cannabis businesses and cannabis activists, the primary goal nowadays is outreach. If you are business, you are reaching out to new customers, establishing your brand experience, and securing market share. For activists, you are teaching people about the benefits of cannabis, trying to get legislation passed, and attracting more activists to the cause. Well, the best way to do that, of course, is social media. It is astonishingly cheap compared to print, radio, and TV advertising in the past, but even more importantly, it is fast and very responsive. So fast that we can even perform real-time A-B tests to find out what kind of advertising delivers the message most effectively. Unfortunately, Facebook and Instagram are screwing up the efficiency of the process by using obscure advertising guidelines and selective enforcement. You could have 50,000 or more people in your audience only to have your page deleted without warning and suddenly be invisible and unable to contact all of your followers. It is absurd that this is still happening, and it puts American businesses at risk across the country. What's worse is that Facebook and Instagram are now suppressing political content as well. One social media professional has taken it upon herself to speak up for all of us and try to get social media platforms to commit to a clear set of guidelines so everyone in cannabis can place advertising in a way that is not full of guessing and hope. Today's guest is Lauren Gibbs, founder of Rise Above Social Strategies. Lauren empowers nonprofits and businesses to use social media strategies that build communities around brands and causes. She has developed award-winning campaigns, coaches business leaders and nonprofits in social media strategy, and is a sought-after public speaker. She established the original social strategy for Women Grow and currently directs initiatives for Willie Nelson's cannabis brand, Willie's Reserve. Lauren has held multiple positions in the U.S. House of Representatives and has a Master of Public Administration and Nonprofit Management from George Washington University and a Bachelor's Degree in Political Science and Philosophy from Albright College. Today, she'll be talking to us about her hashtag, End the Social Campaign. Welcome to the show, Lauren. Oh, thanks, Shango. I'm so excited to be here on Shaping Fire today. So, you know, let's let's set out the groundwork for our conversation today. You know, in what ways do you see both cannabis companies and cannabis activists being treated unfairly by social, social media platforms like Facebook and Instagram?
1: Well, the content that cannabis companies share is viewed by Facebook as illegal in many circumstances, even when it's advocating for the legality of cannabis.
0: And so and so, in addition to just doing business, they're also um, stopping posts about what, about legalization in states and, and different initiatives that are happening at the state level?
1: Yes. And that's the most upsetting part. I'm of course, there's, there's an argument to be made that cannabis businesses should be able to advertise like alcohol companies do. But I'm also talking about cannabis businesses and advocates that want to advance the cause. And those posts specific to advocacy, awareness, customer education are, continue to be blocked every day.
0: You know, I think that a lot of us in the cannabis industry, I mean, we've all heard of one company or another that got to, you know, you know, 30,000, 60,000 followers, and then all of a sudden they're gone for a day or two, and then you see them come back and they say, oh, we were deleted at 50,000, you know, please like us and tell your friends again, and for, for cannabis businesses, that, that hits their bottom line, that in, injures their reach, and even if they're, you know, working in their own state legally, but it seems a lot more mischievous to stop advocacy and the legalization, that, that, that political speech. Can you give me an example of, of an advocacy uh, uh, campaign that is being hindered by social media platforms?
1: Sure. Right here in Denver, right now, we have a Yes on 300 initiative. And this is an initiative to allow social use of cannabis so that people, uh, tourists, and individuals can legally consume in locations outside of their home that they own. And it's a pretty straightforward neighborhood social- supported social use pilot program. And repeatedly, these ads are being blocked on Facebook. And the reason that they're being blocked, the notification states that the, the ad is being blocked because they promote illegal activity.
0: So, and and, there, and so when 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 they complain, what what does Facebook say when they say, "Hey, we're not promoting illegal activity; we're we're encouraging people to vote."
1: Yeah, well, it would be great if when we complained, we got an answer. <laughs> so they when they when they prompt you with this response, they do explicitly state. That, uh, that this ad promotes illegal activity, and they state, however, ads that promote awareness or advocacy are allowed. If you think we made a mistake, please contact us. Well, cannabis businesses are contacting Facebook and they appeal these ads, and the appeals just sit in purgatory. Mm-hmm. You do not get a response. The only time I ever got a response from an appeal was after I contacted a BuzzFeed reporter who sent screen grabs of my denial to Facebook PR, and that is not an acceptable route for other business owners.
0: Right. So, so the the first wave, because I've got I've gotten one of those reject, or actually I've gotten several of those um, those advertising rejections myself, and they all seem like they're they're kind of just sent back to me by a bot, and there's not even a human playing along. You know, from your research into this, do you know how their process works? I mean, at what point does a real human even look at my ad?
1: Well, I I do think that humans do look at a lot of the ads, but they review millions of ads. It's it's a huge scope, and a lot of this is outsourced. Some of this happens outside the United States. I have the sense that the ads on the Rise Above Social Strategies Facebook page are somehow getting rooted into some other approval process, because typically ads are approved or denied within 15 minutes. And I give Facebook a lot of credit for turning them around really quickly, because you think social media is incredibly timely. So if you have an ad that's super appropriate and topical to something that is happening in that hour, you can get an ad approved in 15 minutes, and that's amazing. Well. When I post about cannabis, anything related to cannabis advocacy or even related to their censorship, those ads take between 8 and 36 hours to be approved. So that tells me that someone has to go to their supervisor. There's got to be some conversation happening internally when they make that decision for it to be that long. Outside of cannabis, it is unheard of to have an ad take that long for
0: approval. That actually makes me chuckle a little bit, thinking about when I place the advertising for this episode, uh, to see how long it takes them to, to, well, uh, to accept I, it, you know, cause like, who knows you're probably on their hot list.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I hope that you report that back to me. I'd be very interested. I think that, you know, I, I don't know if some stuff that I, I do get approved and it's unexpected. Some stuff I don't. And that's, That's the problem. It's a complete black box. There's no transparency. We try and follow the rules around advocacy and we still get denied. Sometimes these things that that are promoted, that are a blatant violation of the terms of service, but you manage to get them through. So there's a complete inconsistency in the application of terms of service. So it's my goal is to have Facebook and Instagram provide us clear guidelines that industry professionals and advocates can follow and then that Facebook and Instagram can fairly enforce.
0: Let's, um, let's focus in on the, the uh, selective enforcement of the guidelines for a moment. You know, um, since you started the End the Social Canaban campaign, I'm sure that you've attracted a lot of feedback and interest from, from people who have you know, not had their ads approved. Um, can you give me an example of, of two similar ads that one was approved and one was not uh, for no reason that we know about?
1: Well, I, I think a classic example is Catherine Grimm, who was on CNN's High Profits. CNN was promoting that, uh, that series actively, uh, using paid sponsorship to promote their television show. And Catherine Grimm, as a character on that show, was trying to promote it as well as anyone in that position would and should. And her ads were getting denied.
0: Wow, so that's actually a really great example. So they were they were same or similar ads, one from the media company and one from the individual human, and the media company was getting accepted and the human was not. Wow, I guess it really depends on who you know. And I guess that really makes sense with the example that you gave earlier about how you have, you know, Probably bombarded Facebook with messages <laughs> looking for clarification, but it wasn't until you know somebody with a lot of um, ears, like BuzzFeed, writing directly to the PR folks at Facebook, that they had any response at all. And what did they say? What did they say when they responded to BuzzFeed?
1: Oh, they just say they erroneously denied my ad. And let me state for the record, that was an ad promoting a Colorado public radio story about racial disparities in youth arrest rates for marijuana in Colorado.
0: That doesn't that doesn't even make any sense. I mean, sometimes I can even understand that Facebook's lawyers are so afraid of the cannabis businesses that that they may want some more security before. I mean, I can kind of see that point. But with an article like that, it's only tangentially even about the purchase and sale of cannabis. That's about you know law enforcement, prisons, and race relations. How could? I, mean, I see. I see your Absolutely. frustration. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, it's because it's it's a it's a lottery every time you try and promote something. You you really you really can't know. And I work in social media outside of cannabis and well as well. And there's never this wild card that you can actually use advertising to plan the promotion of your business or your advocacy campaign. And there's some sense of reliability that that can be a useful strategy to advance your cause. But that avenue is just not available to us.
0: So how widespread did this? I mean, we've been kind of picking on Facebook so far, but um, across the different social media platforms, um, is there some variety of who is more generous with cannabis folks and who is less?
1: Well, Facebook and Instagram are, oh, you know, that's one company. Yeah. And they're, they actually have a single set of advertising guidelines that applies to, to both platforms. And you run your ads through a single dashboard for that. So I would say that Facebook and Instagram treat it equally. I don't see, um, uh, I don't hear much of a crackdown on Twitter. Uh, but in my professional opinion, for a lot of companies, Instagram and Facebook is a more powerful tool. So, you know, I, and I often hear people saying, oh, well, you can go over to Twitter where they don't enforce this, or you could go over to these other cannabis specific social networks that have far smaller audiences, but that's, it's just not an acceptable solution to me.
0: Yeah. Being relegated to the backwater is not a solution when you're trying to promote any idea to the largest audience. So we're going to take our first short break and be right back. You are listening to Shaping Fire. As a business owner, you are incredibly busy. In reality, you are responsible for everything your company does. You have so many responsibilities every single day that often you just don't have the time to really dig into something as deeply as you'd like. You know there is more that you could do to reach out to new customers and to encourage loyalty in the customers you already have, but you certainly don't have the time and you're not ready to hire someone full-time for that role either. For you, I recommend Blunt Branding. Blunt branding principles Kirsten Nelson and Anthony Garcia are focused on improving your bottom line. You know, most marketing firms are excited to make your logo, packaging, and website very pretty. But they leave responsibility for improving your bottom line up to you. They don't want that kind of responsibility. But that is pretty much the most important part of marketing, right? Kirsten and Anthony will help you engage new customers, funnel them to your point of sale, and keep them coming back to you. And telling their friends no doubt this is a paid commercial spot but that does not mean they bought my opinion i've worked with blunt branding on three projects now for various clients and every single time they have done more than they have promised and over delivered on results i love how they generate new revenue and focus on that as the goal instead of just making me a pretty logo similarly every friend i've referred them to has come back to thank me and that just does not happen every day so grab a pen and paper because the website address is coming. If you want someone to implement marketing programs that feed your bottom line, give Blunt Branding a call. They will share proven techniques to increase your audience and generate sales while using cutting-edge technology in the background that make all of this easy, automatic, and trackable. Go to shapingfire.com forward slash to find out more. You can also click the link in our weekly newsletter, Blunt Branding, Marketing That Makes You Money. Welcome back. You are listening to Shaping Fire. I'm your host, Shango Los. And our guest this week is Lauren Gibbs of Rise Above Social Strategies. So Lauren, before the break, we were talking about how all of the social media platforms, but specifically uh, Facebook and Instagram, probably at the worst, is selective in how they apply their guidelines in accepting ads from both cannabis companies and cannabis advocacy groups at the state level. And you know, kind of behind this whole thing is this idea that Facebook is afraid of something, and you know it, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to go. Well, it's probably because it's you know federally illegal. But but even that makes me more curious because at the state level, these companies are legal and acting as good actors in their states. Now I don't know anybody who's looking into this more than you are, and so you know as the expert, can you give us some ideas, even if they're just suggestions, on what might be going through the minds of the attorneys at Facebook and. Instagram that caused them to be so concerned and not want to share uh, community guidelines on this?
1: Mm -hmm. Well, I think federal prohibition can't be understated. There's a natural fear of racketeering charges, drug trafficking charges for a huge company like Facebook. But Facebook has the technology available to geotarget and age restrict posts two states that have legalized cannabis and we can we can use them when we can get ads approved but why not leverage that technology even further and allow us to use it and thrive in that environment where we're only speaking to customers in our states
0: so so what what i mean do that do you do would you think that the attorneys are honestly afraid of, of the government bringing federal racketeering charges? That seems like such an absurd idea. And maybe that's at the cornerstone of this, right? Maybe this whole topic is absurd. And, and that would be something that I would, I would just have to deal with. But, but does anybody suggest that that would actually happen? Or is it just Facebook, because they're so valued and they're a public company, they have to play super safe?
1: Well, the lawyers are always going to tell you to play it safe. Yeah, You know, they'll, they'll point out that something is illegal federally and we shouldn't do this. And that's that's the heart of my argument here is that I I think that, honestly, I think that Mark Zuckerberg probably agrees with me on the whole here. And it, it's going to take a major national company to show some leadership and say, you know, we're, we're not going to continue to— follow this insane federal law when we have half of the states have legal cannabis in some form.
0: You know, that's one of the things I've liked about uh, your campaign for End the Social Cannabian, uh because you always tag whatever platform it's on uh Zuckerberg himself. And you, you, mm-hmm. you, you run the campaign as if you're in conversation with him. It would be so visionary if he would just step out and magnanimously change the policy, regardless of what his attorneys are saying, and instead just be on the right side of history, you know,
1: a girl can dream. <laughs>
0: uh, I, I'm assuming that when you tag him in these posts, um, that, that you've never gotten a response, right?
1: uh i mean my website's been visited a number of times from palo alto so i someone may be looking at it i haven't gotten a response though right on. Uh, but but let me say that you know i i have a lot of admiration for mark zuckerberg he's a true visionary and i, I have created a career out of social media and i love it and he does some incredible work and is causing these wonderful shifts in our culture that allow us to create community around brands and community around causes in a way that we sort of lost as a society. So I—you know, there's plenty of people that comment on my stuff negatively about Mark Zuckerberg, but I don't approach the conversation as that adversarial. I think that um, he is a leader, and I think that it would be amazing if he could go down in history and help, you know, shifting to the end of prohibition,
0: you know, I think that's a really good clarification to make too, because you know, so often trolls will put comments like, you know, "screw Mark Zuckerberg" or whatever. And really, you know, I've got friends that I'm friendly with, and we have dinner, and we have you know disagreeing political positions. That doesn't mean I dislike the person. It just means that mm-hmm. I, you know, I would encourage or educate them to potentially change their position or not. You know, mm-hmm. and so I think that's I think that's a really um, responsible. Position to take to make sure mm-hmm. that there's a difference between the human and and the implementation of a policy. You know, during the during the first set, you were talking about how um, uh, uh, two similar advertising uh, buys uh, were treated differently. One was from CNN, and one was from the media personality who that was trying to do it on their own as a as an individual citizen. And that and that CNN, um, there's got. Uh, uh, approved and the individual persons did not. Are, do you see a lot of that kind of favoritism taking place by people who have got PR departments?
1: Oh, absolutely. I I'm, High Times has five and a half million followers on Facebook. But when you have a small business um, that maybe has 1,300 followers or 13,000 followers and they get shut down, they don't have the resources or the clout To appeal it if you're a major national name and you're having problems with Facebook and Instagram they're gonna pay attention Um, but when these small players and in cannabis it's a lot of small players there is this huge entrepreneurial environment so many startups and so many people spending scarce resources to build a brand to build a company to advocate for a cause and they invest a lot of time in building these communities And then they just get yanked away and they literally have no recourse.
0: You know, it's I'm not unfamiliar with the rumor, and I'm hoping that you can tell me to what degree you think it's true, that um, you know these small players in these new markets, they've got a competitor, and so they get you know everybody at their business and a bunch of their friends to go and um, you know click the button. Is this offensive or illegal to our guidelines button? And they all turn in one company's page to try to get rid of their competitors. And I don't know if this is urban myth or not. But, you know, have you heard about this strategy working? Is this something that you're seeing happen with you and your clients?
1: Uh, I have heard of this. And, you know, I think that anyone who's like an ethical and responsible business owner would not pursue that strategy. Because if you have a good product and a good cause, you don't need to attack your competition that way. You should just be able to focus on your message and build a following that way. But that sort of underscores that 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 is a perversion of the reporting mechanism if we simply had terms of service that were more clear and provided us a fam- framework that we could abide by then there wouldn't be that weird you know perversion that allows people to attack each other
0: yeah i think that's probably got to be the most frustrating aspect of all of this is that you know not that they're not allowing cannabis while that is frustrating it's that we don't know where Anybody is drawing the lines, and the lines are being drawn differently for big companies versus small companies, potentially by who the reviewer is of the ad. And as you've told me about, you know, when you press an ad, sometimes they'll flip-flop their opinion and they're like, oh, that was a mistake, you know. But but that is not the way to make social policy, right? That does not allow marketing teams and advocates to plan out um, a media campaign that is strong and will have good reach but also uh, meets the Facebook guidelines. And I think that moving target is probably what really annoys people the most.
1: Well they lose money because of it because you can't you can't have a plan and you can't execute with consistency if if you have a more target like that It's guesswork all the time.
0: So I would think that right now coming up, to the elections, there's probably a lot, what are the there's nine states that are looking to move towards normalization and they're probably very actively trying to educate via Facebook. It's probably a, a total mess about which ads are gonna be uh, um, allowed and from state to state. Um, are people reaching out to you to you know, share their stories with you? What are you seeing on the front lines?
1: Oh, I'm so glad you asked this because I I do have people reach out to me, but honestly, I would like to see more people reach out to me, because there's no transparency as to what's going on. Ads get denied, and people appeal them, and they sit in purgatory. And I've just decided that I'm have to serve as the watchdog for this problem. So when people have something that's denied, I love when they send me a screen grab of their original post and then a screen grab of the reason which they were denied which is often for um promoting illegal activity and that's incredibly helpful to the cause because we're we're helping generate a conversation about it we can look for patterns of inconsistency and help make the case to mark zuckerberg that look this needs to be addressed because we are just lost here we can't follow any reasonable rules so i i think having a Having community support is essential to advancing this. So I hope anyone out there would, you know, tag me on Instagram with a post. You can DM me on Facebook or Instagram with these examples. And especially on on my Instagram at Rise Above Social, you'll see examples. People reach out to me and someone got shut down. And I like to profile that because it's not about Rise Above Social. This is about the community and these small businesses that are taking a hit because of this inconsistent policy.
0: We're going to take a short break and be right back. You are listening to Shaping Fire. Look inside this crystal ball with me for a moment. I'm looking just a couple months into the future. I'm seeing the future of the Shaping Fire podcast. The show sure has grown. I've continued to interview fascinating cannabis industry luminaries, and our audience has gotten huge. It has doubled and redoubled and doubled again. There are high fives all around the Shaping Fire World Headquarters. New listeners are subscribing every day and begin to listen to the back catalog of all the great interviews there. And that is where the Shaping Fire audience learns about your company. You were incredibly smart today to become an early adopter and place a commercial in Shaping Fire's early episodes. If you become an advertiser on the Shaping Fire podcast now, today, you are going to pay a fraction of the cost we'll be asking in just two months. And yet all the audience that listens to our back catalog of interviews will hear about your company again and again. It's a great deal for you. Pay a small amount now because the show is so new, but take advantage of the huge listening audience we will have forever. This crystal ball is not a smoke dream. Do yourself a solid and contact us today for rates on podcast and newsletter advertising. Email hotspot at shapingfire.com to find out more. Welcome back. You are listening to Shaping Fire. I am your host, Shango Lose. and our guest this week is Lauren Gibbs of Rise Above Social Strategies. So before the break, you know, we have kind of brought this to a crescendo, you know, uh, there are cannabis companies that are getting their pages yanked from them and and going back to their first like again, and there's, there's advocacy at both the state and federal level that's being shut down, and no one knows why, because there's no shared guidelines, and we all just Assume that it's because the Facebook and Instagram lawyers are playing very serious defense. Well, I know that since you started the End the Social Canada Band, you've taken this up as an activist yourself, but you probably see what our path would look like to get their attention. How do we get this change, Lauren?
1: Well, there's one thing that Mark Zuckerberg certainly pays attention to, and that's community metrics. So when things get shared in a phenomenal way, that, that garners attention from, from Facebook. And if we can increase the organic reach, meaning the unpaid reach of all of my messages for this campaign, we can help get attention from him, because all we want is for him to have a conversation with us. And I'd like to be able to speak to Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg about the ways that this inconsistent policy is affecting small businesses and advocates. And we just want to have that conversation. So individuals can be very helpful to that by helping share these posts, tag us in examples of censorship, um, share our posts, spread the word. All Every like, share, and comment counts.
0: So so when you're saying sharing, you're talking about specifically sharing posts that include the hashtag and the social cannabine. Are you talking about um, sharing posts from one of your social media profiles so that so that the profile gets more attention? What specifically do you want people to share to increase the metrics so that Zuckerberg pays more attention?
1: I think telling your own story with the hashtag is important. Mm -hmm. And so if you have experienced censorship yourself, I really want to hear your story, how that affected you and your business. And add the end of Social canaban hashtag so that I can track those conversations. And a lot of those conversations um, and stories are going to be worth highlighting. So when you use the hashtag that allows me, especially on Instagram, that allows me to track that conversation and find those stories and share them, lift them up and give them a larger platform, especially, you know, after <laughs> they may have been blocked from their 12,000 followers <laughs> and they're starting with five followers, it's hard for them to get that story out. But tag me and I'll help you get that story out um but then on facebook you know i post a lot of educational content about why this matters um examples of Of the censorship examples of censorship in other areas and sharing those posts is is important because it helps everyone educate their own personal networks about why this is important because the more people that care the more likely we are to bring about change
0: do we have any examples of this happening with another industry or community um has anybody ever you know pushed and engaged facebook because yeah. they side- what's an example of somebody who won doing this?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, Facebook used to, uh, censor photos of women breastfeeding mm. and they would get flagged for nudity. And there was a grassroots movement on this where women changed their profile, their public profile pictures to a photo of them breastfeeding their child. And it got a lot of attention. And Facebook actually changed their policy on nudity such that you, that photos of breastfeeding and post-mastectomy surgical photos are allowed. So it happened. They listened to a community and there was change.
0: And we just want to be next. That seems like a pretty reasonable request, especially since you're not necessarily demanding a change in the policy. You're asking for a conversation to figure out what the policy even is. Absolutely. So, you know, you mentioned a couple times during our talk that um, there are people who have had their pages um, uh, spiked or taken away, uh, but then they've gotten them back. So, so mm-hmm. let's say that we've got a business owner or an advocate who's listening, and and sometime soon, they their page is gone, and it says because they're they're violating guidelines. What 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 should they do to try to get their page back?
1: Well. Honestly, it's a whack-a-mole situation. I would say file an appeal, but it's probably going to end up in purgatory. Um, what most businesses do is they just set up another account and start over. And um, you may hear in a couple months they, you know a response to your appeal and your page is back up. And then you have the problem of having to reconcile two Instagram accounts.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Uh, And that's something that's happened to Carl Reefer several times. She's had several accounts shut down after over 100,000 followers. um, And she pops up another one and, you know, pick up 15,000 in a couple weeks. And then she gets a notice later that her page was restored. And she's like, well, I was just spent all this time cultivating a new community over here. Um and now I get this back. So it's it's a mess. It is just a mess and it is a waste of resources for so many businesses.
0: So it doesn't sound like there's actually an elegant solution. If you if if your page gets dropped, you're just hosed. There really isn't a way to appeal that is timely. And you know, as, as business people or advocates, we just have to keep on moving forward. So um, and it doesn't sound like there's really any way to to stay on their good side. I mean, if you are in cannabis in any way and even reporting cannabis news, you could end up being a target. Gosh, that's frustrating,
1: right? And there's a lot of there's a lot of folks out there, and I know some other social media folks will advise you know to avoid the use of certain keywords, but even that is not uh, always a foolproof plan.
0: So. Before we wrap up, you know one of the important things is for everybody in the scene to be, you know motivated and activist, right? A lot of people are starting to think, "Oh, you know, you know cannabis is legal in my state." And so people are starting to shift more towards the business side than the 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 advocacy side. But you know, most of the country is still not uh, legal, even if they are moving towards normalization. And so we as as cannabis, uh, enthusiasts all need to raise our hand to be proud of what we're involved with and to make our voice heard. So what do you say uh, is the best, uh, the best actions that an individual person can do um, to make their voice heard and to feed you uh, situations that you can use in building a case for, for evolving these guidelines?
1: Well, what individuals can absolutely do is share these stories with me. So, again, sending those screen grabs of your original post and your denial notification by DM to me on Facebook or Instagram is incredibly helpful. Now, you know, I have been talking openly to Mark Zuckerberg for a long time now, and I haven't gotten a response yet, so I can't guarantee to anyone that it's actually going to cause a reversal. But by contributing their story to what – What I'm doing, it's going to help elevate and we need points of evidence to make this case for them to pay attention and have this dialogue with us because it's, it's, it's all hidden right now. And if they can share that information with me in these stories, we can, we can have a more informed dialogue.
0: One thing we've all learned is that crowdsourcing money or ideas or political influence—it's it's the way of the future. You know, they the big corporations can ignore individuals and even small groups, but when we band together, we've got a voice that uh, that they have to listen to. Um, Absolutely,
1: and that is that is the point of social media. That's what I love about it. That's what's so beautiful. You can make the kind of impact that you never could make in the past because you can spread things and share things so quickly with your network. It's wonderful. So we're, that's why I want to use this platform to change this situation.
0: (laughs) I love that. Let's work together to make this change. So Lauren, what can businesses do to be supportive of this and to, to help pressure Facebook for guidelines without putting themselves at too much risk
1: Well there's an inherent risk every day when you're operating on social media and cannabis you can get shut down at any time so accepting that is just part of operating cannabis business on social media but I, I invite business owners to be a part of this message and um, you know when I approached Willie's Reserve about supporting the and the social cannabis ban, You know, we discussed that that this is something that could bring some additional attention from Facebook and Instagram to their accounts, Um, and ultimately the answer came down that they followed the guideline, what would Willie do? And Willie always, you know, stands up for what he thinks is right and joins a cause, even if it's not popular, even if it's risky. So... Only by joining our voices together as business owners can we really make a powerful statement. So I'm so happy to have you know, companies like Willie's Reserve on board and supportive of this important conversation.
0: Well, thank you, Lauren, for being on this show. Um, you can find out more about Lauren Gibbs at her website, Riseabovesocial.com, and also look to her Facebook and Instagram pages for her latest updates. You can find linked link to all her social media at riseabovesocial.com. Thanks for being on the show, Lauren. You can find more episodes of the Shaping Fire podcast and subscribe to the show at shapingfire.com and in the podcast section of the Apple iTunes store. On the Shaping Fire website, you can also subscribe to the weekly newsletter for insight into the latest cannabis news and product reviews. On the Shaping Fire website, you will also find transcripts of this podcast as well. For information on me and where I'll be speaking, you can check out shangolose.com. Does your company want to reach our national audience of cannabis enthusiasts? Email hotspot at shapingfire.com to find out how. Thanks for listening to Shaping Fire. I've been your host, Shango Los.